the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The fire of your coming, the glory of your presence, will shake the earth and every heart will know. You are Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach, Lion of Judah, the God of Israel. Shalom and welcome to Heart of Messiah radio broadcast. My name is Steve Weiler and I'm the lead rabbi of Shoresh David Messianic Synagogues. Currently we're serving in Wesley Chapel, St. Pete, South Bay near Riverview and Tampa. We welcome all visitors as we desire to see those who are Jewish and not Jewish worshiping together in unity. We're honored to serve the listening audience of AM 570 WTBN and 910 WTWD, Tampa Bay's Faith Talk. Shalom. Welcome. Let's pray together. Avinu Malkeinu, our Father, our King, we love you. We praise you. We honor you. We worship you. Lord, during these tough days, we depend on you more than ever. And so we come and we pray and we thank you. And we just know that you are there. You are sovereign. And so we love you with all our heart, soul, and mind. I pray, Lord, that this radio program would be an example of that love, even as we talk about difficult situations. So we bless you, we thank you, and honor you in the name of Yeshua. Amen. Well, uh, today, as you know, we're going to be talking, uh, hopefully, our final day on anti-Semitism. But uh, I do want to uh, invite you to one of our Passover seders. And rather than giving you all the dates, which are somewhere around the 21st, 22nd, 23rd of April, uh, just to let you know, we have a congregational seder. We have a young adult seder. We have an interfaith seder. And we'd love for you to find out about them. So call Karen at 813-831-5673. Also, if you want our 50-day booklet, which is... um a wonderful uh, short time of, of with the Lord for and also counting the Omer. Just again, call Karen at 813-831-5673. Also, if you would remember that our radio bills uh, are a little higher than the gifts <laughs> this year. So if you can think of us financially, uh, we'd appreciate it. Uh, again, you can call Karen at 813-831-5673. She'll handle that for you. Or you can go online and just hit the donate button, heartofmessiah.org. 
Well, uh, back to anti-Semitism today. Uh, our scripture nugget for today comes from Romans 11, 11, and 12. I say then, they did not stumble so as to fall, did they? May it never be. But by their false step, salvation has come to the Gentiles to provoke Israel to jealousy. Now, if their transgression leads to riches for the world, and their losses, riches for the Gentiles, then how much more their fullness? So what we see here is that the Jewish people stumbled, but they didn't fall. Yes, meaning they didn't accept Yeshua, but one day they will. Their stumbling allows the fact that people who are not Jewish um, would find Messiah. Right? And um, they sinned, but they still gave Messiah to the world. And not only that, but we see in this scripture that one of the purposes of people who are not Jewish is to make Israel jealous. And I would think that would be uh, of the relationship that they have with Yeshua. So, when the Jews come back to Yeshua, they will re- receive incredible fullness. So I really believe that Romans 11.11 is the antidote to anti-Semitism. Love the Jews by leading them to know Yeshua the Messiah. Make them jealous of your relationship with Messiah. Well, we left off last week. We were talking about Hitler and that aspect of anti-Semitism. We're going to talk mostly about the current day anti-Semitism today. Uh, But as we mentioned last week, Hitler knew about the Jewish holiday of Purim. He banned its observance, planned several attacks to coincide with the holiday of Purim, and in a speech in 1944, he declared that if they could defeat the Jews, uh, if if the Jews would defeat uh, Nazis and, and himself, then they could have a second triumphant uh, Purim, because Hitler often referred to himself as a second Haman. So he knew the story, obviously. Though we lost a lot of people in the Holocaust, the ending was similar to the Purim story. In the book of Esther, Haman's ten sons were hanged, which is Esther 9.13. In 1946, Hitler committed suicide, and ten of Hitler's top associates were put to death by hanging for their war crimes. Just after Hitler in the Soviet Union in 1953, Stalin was planning to deport most of the Jews to Siberia. Just before his plans came to fruition, he suffered a stroke and died a few days later on that night of March 1st, 1953. That's the night after Purim. And so the plan to deport the Jews didn't work. Unfortunately, you know, the anti-Semitism spirit uh, is all around us now, and even that of ancient Persia, which is today's Iran, it's resurfaced, and we hear Iranian Muslims shouting death to Israel. So we see that this, and there are many other examples of anti-Semitism today, I'm going to try and look at the past few years Uh, just to keep it up to date. 
You know, I'm going to try not to make this a political issue, but honestly, it's kind of hard these days. Uh, My father must be rolling in his grave. He only voted for Democrats all his life. He had a signed autograph picture of Hillary Clinton in his office and yet seen the past few years and the shift of the Democratic Party. I can't imagine how he would have reacted. But I also feel very strongly that whoever holds the title of president of our country should be highly respected, and all the politicians should be. But the facts have to speak, and then everyone can make up their own mind. So just before leaving office on December 23rd, we read the Washington Times wrote this, President Obama's refusal to veto an anti-Israel UN resolution was ranked Tuesday as the most anti-Semitic incident of 2016 by the Simon Wiesenthal Center. And and this is the description. In a stunning departure from its policy, the Obama administration abstained from voting on the U.N. Security Council resolution Friday that demands an immediate halt to all Israeli settlement construction in the West Bank and East Jerusalem, enabling the measure to pass. It basically said that these were occupied lands. So one year before this vote, President Obama sent over a billion dollars to Iran. Iran has recently made strong threats against Israel, and we know that they are sponsors financially of much that comes against Israel, the terror. And in November 16th, 2018, the U.N. General Assembly Decolonization Committee, Colonization Committee, there it is, which includes 193 member states, adopted nine resolutions against Israel and zero on the rest of the world. The test, the text com, um, uh, condemned Israel for repressive measures against uh, Syrian uh, citizens in the Golan Heights, praised the UN relief uh, effort and renewed the mandate of the U.N. Special Committee to investigate Israeli practices affecting the human rights of the Palestinian people. Well, we'll look at that in a minute. So this is why when President Trump's decisions recently and a few years ago, this is why they were so big and important. The U.S. Assembly was embassy was officially opened in Jerusalem on May 14th. 2018, coinciding with the 70th anniversary of Israeli Declaration of Independence. So Trump did that, which was talked about for years. He also signed a proclamation this past Monday that recognizes Israeli sovereignty over the Golan Heights, formalizing the Middle East policy. Uh, which is really uh, amazing and important. And Netanyahu said, this is truly a historic day, saying it has taken about a half a century to translate our military victory into a uh, diplomatic victory. Your recognition is a twofold act of historic justice. Israel won the Golan Heights in a just war of self-defense. 
and the Jewish people's roots in Golan go back thousands of years. Uh, The president said it was necessary because otherwise Iran and its proxies in southern Syria would use the Golan Heights as a launching ground for Israel's uh, attacks on Israel. And then uh, President Trump cited the rocket attack from Gaza, which struck a house uh, in Tel Aviv. So we see this uh, is an amazing response to anti-Semitism that President Trump has has done. Now, look, we we also know there are plenty of other situations um, uh, like the one in Pittsburgh, uh, which was awful, where uh, 11 Jewish people died in the synagogue, where the gunman walked into the synagogue yelling, all Jews must die. But this is not just a one event. This is stemming from a rise of anti-Semitism all throughout the world. An example is something called BDS. Most of you know what that is, but it stands for Boycott, Divestment, and sanctions. And if you go on the BDS website, you'll see that it says Israel is occupying and colonizing Palestinian land, discriminating against Palestinian citizens of Israel, and denying Palestinian refugees the right to return to their homes. The funny thing about it is that statement alone is is pretty neat because it says that they're discriminating against Palestinian citizens. What other country in the Middle East has citizens? <laughs> uh, that that are given the right to be involved in the politics and everything. Well, I'll talk about that in a minute. But <laughs> come on now. Uh, any rate, um, and and denying uh, the return to their homes. I mean, that's really what's going on based on on the the governments that are currently in in that area. But okay, according to Israel's Central Bureau of Statistics, the Arab population in 2013 was estimated about one million seven hundred thousand, about twenty one percent of Israel's population. The majority of these Arabs are citizens, voting citizens of Israel. So here are a few facts. The 2015 elections included 18 Arabs um, who are on, who were voted into the Knesset. The Knesset is like our Congress. And along with 13 members of the joint list, which is part of the way the government's formed, there were five Arab parliamentarians representing Zionist parties, which has more than doubled their number in the previous Knesset. In January 2004, as an example, Prime Minister at that time, Ariel Sharon, declared that every state-run company must have at least one Arab citizen of Israel on its board of directors. Does that sound like being oppressive? The first female Arab uh was Husina Jabara, a Muslim Arab, and, and she was elected in 1999. Okay, so 20 years ago, in 2004, a Christian Arab from Haifa became a, a permanent appointment to the Supreme Court. So the, the, even their Supreme Court has Arabs on it. 
okay? And then um, a fellow by the name of Ali Yaha, uh, a Muslim, uh, became the first Arab ambassador uh, for Israel in 1995 to Finland. And uh, other Arab ambassadors, there are a number of them, one to Vietnam, another uh, who's a Druze, to Ecuador, another one to in uh, Atlanta, the um, Arab uh, was a, a consulate general. So Arabs are involved in the government of Israel in, in um, 2006. Uh, Look, there, there are just so many. It, it, time doesn't permit me to go through all of these. But is there discrimination in Israel? Of course there is. <laughs> I mean, but is there discrimination in the United States? Of course there is. But the heart of the country is to end discrimination and live and peace in peace and harmony. The real question is, is that what Arabs and Palestinians want? And does BDS help their goal? You know, BDS, as I told you, stands, well, boycotts, meaning withdrawing support for Israel and Israeli international companies. Uh, So that's boycotting. Divestment means to go to the banks and the, the the churches and the pension funds of the universities and withdraw all investments from Israeli companies that are in, they call it involved in violating Palestinian rights. And then thirdly are sanctions, which means campaigns to pressure governments to fulfill what they call their legal obligation to hold Israel to account, including by ending military trade, free trade agreements, and expelling Israel from international forums like the UN. I mean, I, in 2014, so we see this close to home, too, because 10,000 students signed a petition uh, in favor of BDS at USF. And it was the largest in, in the history of the Florida universities. However, the uh, USF Foundation Investment Committee refused to listen to their voices, which caused other problems. But So anti-Semitism is on the college campuses. It's all over. And it, it's, it's really hard to believe. Uh, students rally against Israel on behalf of Palestinians. And the spillover of those accusations against Israel is hatred of individual Jews. That's why most Jewish students no longer feel safe on most American college campuses. Uh, Because if they were to show support for Israel, they're inviting these anti-Israel groups to target them. But we also see BDS in the church. We see it in the Presbyterian Church of USA. We see it in the United Methodist Church. We see it in the United Church of Christ. So, I don't know of any movement in Israel or among Jews that have a similar goal against the Arabs to say stop trading with them or anything like that. 
But for some reason, the Arabs feel that this is a good thing to do against Jews in Israel. In 2017, the Anti-Defamation League reported that from K to 12, um, our kids in the United States, they surpassed all the other anti-Semitic incidents with 457 in that one year period. It was a jump of 94%. And attacks on Jewish people and property in the U.S. increased by nearly 60% in that time period. The rises believed as a result of the incidents in schools and college campuses, which nearly doubled for two years in a row. And that's bad enough. Europe is worse. Slogans and symbols reminding us of the 1930s across Europe. The, The term Jew is now used as a swear word. Uh, March 4th, uh, an article appeared uh, just just this, you know, a few weeks ago uh, in Politico, and it starts out this way. Anti-Semitism is back in Europe. Cries of dirty Jew during yellow jacket protests in France. Anti-Semitic posters condemning Hungarian-American uh, philanthropists George Soros in Hungary, a row over anti-Semitic remarks that threatens to tear the Labour Party apart in the UK. These are all part of the same worrying trend. Okay, I, I mean, I can continue and continue with individuals and groups and, and have all of this, but I think it's important to, to understand that, yes, Palestinians are persecuted, but they're more persecuted by their own leaders. Over the last five years, the world community has donated $6 billion for Palestinian relief. The average Palestinian has seen almost none of it. The Arab world leaders have stolen the money and they live in luxury while the Palestinians live in fear and poverty. And the Arabs have refused to assimilate the refugees into their countries, making Israel the villain and the oppressor of a people. Not really a people, because the name Palestinians didn't start really until 1963, when it was started by Yasser Arafat. So, what can you do? Well, or what should you do? Well, number one, pray. Number two, be informed. Number three, speak positive words about Jewish people and Israel. Number four, act. Send emails to politicians in support of Israel and and, and against anti-Semitic slurs, especially in Congress. And uh, so whenever this comes up, be active and, and be involved. So, uh, also, as I mentioned, um, we, we should be praying scripture, uh, Isaiah 62, 1 through 7, for Zion's sake, I will not keep silent, for Jerusalem's sake, I will not rest until her righteousness shines out brightly and her salvation as a burning torch. And then it says in verse 6, On your walls, Jerusalem, I have set watchmen all day and all night. They will never hold their peace. You who remind Adonai, take no rest for yourselves and give him no rest until 
actually establishes and makes Jerusalem a praise in the all in all the earth. Can you say amen to that? Well, Next week, we're going to start with a new topic. We're going to be talking about the spring feasts. So come back next week and bring your friends. Would you like to attend one of our Passover seders? Call Karen. She'll help you find the right one for you. We have congregational seders. We have young adult seder. We have an interfaith seder. Call Karen at 813-831-5673. Also, if you want to have uh, a 50-day booklet uh, of of, um, scriptures and also involving counting the Omer, which it talks about in Leviticus 23, please call Karen as well, 813-831-5673. May you grow in your desire to have a heart like the heart of Messiah. Let's close in prayer together. Abba, Father. Teach us your ways so that our hearts would be hearts of flesh and not of stone. May our words and actions always reflect the heart of Messiah so that everyone who meets us will know that Yeshua is our Messiah and King. You are Messiah, Yeshua Mashiach, Lion of Judah. God of Israel Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.